welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Mark Andrews, Eric Erlacher, Todd Bogue. All right, so really quickly, I try to give everybody an idea of where everybody's at. So everybody who's listening, I'm sure you know I've been doing comedy five years. How long have you been doing stand-up, Mark? Can you kind of explain? Okay, so first and foremost, I'm going to start with an asterisk. I took two years of the pandemic off, so walk of shame for me. I know when I tell other comics, they they give me that stare like, what is wrong with you, Mark? <laughs> um, but I started back in 2016 up in Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Eric, how long have you been? I'm going to start with an asterisk also. I've always <laughs> kind of been funny. <laughs> I started doing comedy about nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then Todd is... I started in 2007, so 16 years. Nice. 16 years. So one of the reasons I was excited to have Todd on is we interview a, a lot of headliners that have been like really working. Because my idea is to use this podcast to bridge the new comics with the people with knowledge and information who've been doing it for a long time. And one of the cool things about Todd that I think is really cool as a Melbourne comic is Todd's one of kind of the OGs of Brevard County in terms of doing comedy here. So what was here in Brevard when you started? When I started, there was Duncan had a room in Merritt Island at the the Bowling Alley, Shore Shore Lanes. I forget the name of the... The, the name of the place. That's the, that's the name, I think. The, the, but there was a bar there that he did oh. comedy. There was a comedy room that was in yeah. the in the bowling alley, and uh, that was in 2009. And I had I did comedy first time in 2007, and it was so bad it took two years till I did my second time. So really, <laughs> 14 years, yeah. not 16 years, because there was a yeah. big asterisk in the middle, like you said. So. <laughs> So Duncan had that room. I don't think open mics was a thing yet, mm-hmm. and it started right around that time, and uh, it was good. It was uh, we had a lot of we were all you know Duncan had been doing it for you know ten years. I don't know how long he'd been doing comedy at the time. He just had his twenty year reunion, so mm-hmm. whatever it was, and um, so we would go there. I forget what night of the week. It was a Wednesday or a Thursday, I think. And it just became a place. It was a everybody was, didn't have to be comics, you know. We got a, a a good a good group of people, you know. We all pretty much sucked, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were learning and yeah. had a good time with it. And some of us stuck with it. Some of most of us, you know, didn't because that was the only place. So you had to go all the way to Orlando for other, you know, the other bar. Mm-hmm. They had that going on, Kim Miller's room, but uh, if there was other ones at the time, I don't remember them. Mm-hmm. And then I started a room in October 2010 at River Lanes in Titusville. So I'm a magician, yeah, I'm a comedian and a magician. So I it was a comedy magic show, but I still had headliner comedians come there and perform and. It was a solid, had that room for eight years. and oh. so. so how did you do, like having a room for eight years? Because mm-hmm. I also, that's a really significant thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to build a room from scratch and yeah. get it to a point where a venue owner is going to want to continue to have it running for something like eight years. Well, I'm easy to work with. They just gave me the room. Mm-hmm. They didn't rent it to me. They said, you got this room. They knew I was bringing in 
solid entertainers. Uh, they were making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars off our room, and I wasn't. And none of nobody, none of us, the me and the people I bring in weren't making much money. I think at the height of it, I think it was eight dollars to <laughs> wait eight dollars to pay to go see the room. Oh, okay. And yeah. then we but we could get a hundred people in there, you know. Mm-hmm. So we had a decent amount of money. And uh so I'd be able to pay the comics. I remember one time there was a uh I pom- promised a headliner two twenty five and the feature seventy five. And Willie Nelson, this guy was a country comic, you know, redneck <laughs> guy. That was his theme. He wanted to be like Larry the Cable Guy. So nice. I went to all the feed stores and those type <laughs> of places, putting up signs and yeah. country stores. That, But Willie Nelson was in Melbourne that night. So all oh. that demographic went oh. there. Oh. And nobody showed up. I'd pay 300 out of my pocket. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do too many of them. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. Todd, I got a question for you. With you oh, being yeah. a headliner, sorry, Todd, oh, I got yes. a question for you, man. With you being a headliner at this point, going back to your origin story, that first time you you did an open mic and it didn't go uh-huh. well, and you had that two year interim uh-huh. before you went back, what changed and what set that fire in your mind that man, I got to try this again? Like, well, in 2007, when I started that first time. I got a divorce. My house burnt down all in the same time. I got this t- tattoo, a 2007 tattoo. Uh, it's in Roman numerals, everybody. Roman numerals. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the first time I did comedy. <laughs> my house burnt down. My work, I worked at NASA. I went on strike for 147 days. And my wife left me for a friend all at the same time. None of that's funny. No. It's no. like a Bible and story, And in bro. the middle of the divorce, she said to me, she says, I was so embarrassed when you did comedy. She said, was so, she says I was, I've never been that embarrassed in my life. Oh, my gosh. So oh. that just fueled my fire. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that's why I have this tattoo. I've been to yeah. hell, man. I mean, it was, so I think about that. So now oh. Roman I do. <laughs> so, but I, that. In the next two years, some crazy stuff happened, and I got into magic. And somebody said, you're pretty funny. And they said, you did, you did, you said you did comedy before. Let's start a comedy room. I didn't tell them I had eight, eight minutes experience. <laughs> 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 I did comedy. You know, I'm one of them guys you see on Facebook, did comedy one time. They're Joe the Comedian, you know, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. I was that guy. And I, so we started the guy said let's start the show and i did and a comedy magic show where i would be the host do a little bit of magic a little bit of comedy and i'd have kim miller james yon uh jersey uh all the orlando guys Mm -hmm. you know and some guys from tampa um vince taylor yeah all these guys performed at least five times yeah and uh so but it was a good you know, and then they brought people. Yeah. So, that's interesting that the 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 sort of <laughs> the old guard is still the same, like the same staple comics. Yeah. We don't have that many comics get into that headliner tier that you see now. You know, running around working, doing clubs, and doing a lot of those rooms, headlining rooms. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I I started another room at the Go Lion, and that was a free room. But the bar would give me five hundred dollars to pay 
me, feature, and the headliner. Well, the very first show that we had was uh, Kim Miller, and uh, he says, I'm bringing this new cat. This new guy just moved to Orlando. is Preacher Lawson. And I remember at that time, I thought, man, Ken is the best. And I sat back and I was like, Ken ain't the best no more. <laughs> this kid was a whole nother level. Yeah. And so I told Preacher, I says, you know what, I got this other room. I, I called him. I says, I I don't know if the price was $200 or $150 or whatever it was. I think for, for some reason, I think it was $150. I says, you want to pay you uh, – are you available to do a headline spot for $150? He said, yes. He didn't even, hear, he didn't even have to tell him the date yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how yeah, hungry, hungry he yeah. was. Yeah. And he did, and it was his first time. And that he, So he sends, he has a, a uh, every year, like that time hop, it says anniversary of yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and him and Sean Finnerty was the, the, uh, the get the the feature that night mm-hmm. that was his first headline spot so it's pretty cool so that's i still cool. have the fancy microphone i have a this microphone oh wow <laughs> so i have this but i showed us a microphone tattoo in his chest yeah it's I not have Roman that, the old style microphone <laughs> that th- it was his so i have that in in my front room as a uh decoration yeah for the first time you know and that's the first, first microphone preacher first, lawson headlined first, first, yeah. and then Devin seabold came along I saw him doing good things, and I asked him, and it was his first time headlining, too, was at the bowling alley. So that microphone is for both of them, and now they're both doing real good. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's amazing. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Can we awesome. borrow that mic sometime? <laughs> if I ever get, <laughs> if I ever get the if money gets tight, and I put it on the market. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I get it, man. I had a, a spiritual journey cleaning pools, mm-hmm. and I asked my boss, hey, can I keep, when I quit my job, and it actually wasn't the best way to quit my job. And I still, I'm like, can I keep my, my pool pole? Like, I want to keep the pole with me. And he thought I was a nut, but I still have it because it, it meant a lot to me. But, you know, and as cool as a microphone, that's for sure. But if it's something that, so is it a positive? Is it when you think of that, that oh, yeah. what what is the reasoning behind you keeping that? So the whole pool job for me was a big deal. I was never supposed to clean pools. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I was supposed to go out and I was a, I'm a former pastor mm-hmm. and that was the route for me. And then it wasn't anymore and all got derailed. And when I became a, you know, a, a pool guy, mm-hmm. you know, a pastor, you're a shepherd, you're supposed to have your shepherd staff. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was my staff. That was, that was it for me. Nice. That was the only time, and and then the pandemic, like we we took a, a huge just isolation bubble. My family and I, everyone was cut off. Everything was shut out, and it was tough. And like the only people I would talk to would be like just some of the customers every once in a while. But we were like, you know, six feet away. Mm-hmm. That's what I was telling my wife all the time. And <laughs> and like it's just the only time I actually felt like I got to be me again. And I just kept it with me. And, and even though it didn't work out the way, you know, it was supposed to, it's still, it, when I see it, it's in my garage, I see it and I look at it and I'm, I'm thankful that, like, I went through that process. And it, it taught me a lot, too. Like, I even, I joke about it, I bring it up on stage, like, I lost 60 pounds because of it. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was on the husky side and and it was, um, you know, it, it, it meant, to me it meant that, like, I accomplished something that I thought I would never accomplish, like, yeah. with my weight. For, I, I thought I was always going to be that for the rest of my life. 
and you look good. I would have never thought you'd yeah, have a I, weight problem yeah. or anything. Yeah, that's the that's what's crazy is like that's I I like I'm no longer that per like there's a person that used to be me that's no longer existed, and and it's sometimes it's weird and that pole also reminds me of that like you're no longer this person that you that you used yeah. to be, so be be happy about that. There's a lot of things that uh things at the time I thought was a curse and it was mm-hmm. a blessing bad things that happened to you there's a reason mm-hmm. that happens mm-hmm. so yeah. there's a Garth Brooks I don't know if you guys follow country music oh I love some there's Garth there's a Garth Brooks song called Unanswered Prayers mm-hmm. how horrible your life would be mm-hmm. if you got everything you ever prayed for when you're a kid mm-hmm. oh I hope this I hope Bowser the dog never dies <laughs> 700 year old dog <laughs> you know, like Kelly in 7th grade you know? like, God I pray that Kelly marries me yeah, I know I'm yeah, in the 7th yeah. grade like God you don't want to marry Kelly when she's 21 yeah. she's yeah. crazy yeah. you know so that's like but that's cool that that's yeah. a, so that's the are you a Christian comedian or I, you know, I don't know. Am I, Chris? I, I don't know what I am. Yes and no, because he, he doesn't market himself as specifically a Christian comic that does clean shows, but he's clean on stage for the most part. Yeah, I remember there was one time you said "fuck" on stage, and it <laughs> don't was say like, that on the podcast. It was like a, it was like a moment in the comedy scene. It was like everybody, you guys can't believe this. Mark said "fuck" on stage. Edit that. He said "heck." I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Please edit this. I'm, I'm trying to apply for a youth pastor role in Melbourne. <laughs> so I guess yeah. So that's actually a strange. Uh, uh, a lot of people. Yeah, I, I'm just. I'll be honest with you. There is a part of me that thinks I'll become a youth pastor again, and I'm. I, I don't know why that is, other than just, you know, I, I want to help people. And mm-hmm. when I was that age, I got a lot of help from, you know, mentors and, and, and people like that. So I do, I, I have, like, I think it's a it's a burden that's not good. Like, it's something I need to work through. Or, and I've talked to you about it some, Chris, mm-hmm. at one point. But, like, I'm so afraid of, like, cracking that show. I mean, yeah, I did say the F word on stage and on what a judge show. And Judd, like, I think Judd gave me a set at Blind Line because of it. Like, I think that's the only reason why I got to perform there. Because yeah. Judd, like, I don't think he knew what to think of me. And I was I was bombing this show with him. I was bombing. And I was like, I have this bit where I make the crowd say amen with me. Mm-hmm. And I tell them I, I just made you all Christians on accident, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'll usually say, like, hell yeah, you know, just for, like, the just of predi- mm-hmm. um, juxtaposition. That's, yeah, that's yeah, the word. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. <laughs> and, um, you know, because I think it's funny, like, oh, it made you all Christians, hell yeah. But I was so frustrated that night. doing It was at a kava bar or at, over oh, at, yeah, at a yeah, club yeah, parlor. Yeah, those are weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun, but they're weird. And I just, I was like, I just made you all Christians on accident. Yeah, and oh and God. then you like you're not even in the room, and you like kind of poke your head yep, out. I like, <laughs> what did Mark just say? Like, what, what's he doing on stage? Dude, Mark is one of my favorite guys. I mean, he's such a positive individual, mm-hmm. and, and his, his his comedic bits, you know, largely being clean. I feel like it, it's it's so impressive because I feel like clean comics have kind of got less words to work with, and they have to be more articulate. They can't lean on curse words, but. 
You know, I think youth pastors, that might be a saturated market. What about being like a, a comic pastor, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> you can sh- shepherd but us. You what know? I was That's trying to get idea. Mark to do, though, a while ago, um, is actually just do a podcast. Because I think a it's, youth pastor that's a stand-up comic is such a unique yeah. thing. And to be actually funny and relatable, yeah. but also be able to talk about like your spirituality in a way that I just think to like a teenager, some corny guy that I don't want to hear from versus somebody who's actually a working comedian out here doing shows and stuff and can be humorous, I think it would be so much more interesting. It is the market for clean entertainers. Mm. Yeah. Clean is green. It's yeah, so much that's more what money. Makes so much more money. <laughs> I, I this well, is me. I am a way, clean comic. Please. I'm a clean comic. Okay, sweet. I cuss in real life. I golf, I have kids, I lose fish I when I'm fishing. <laughs> but on fish, stage, I don't. I tell, like you say, edgy jokes. Mm-hmm. I do. St- I talk about stuff on stage. I'm like, I cannot. And I do. I have. Res- I do resort. I do five nights a week at five different resorts. And there's kids in the crowd. Yes. And I'm talking about stuff that I shouldn't be getting away with. Yeah. But I have a character, a clean character. Like I, have a, I do a trick with a ring. If someone gives me a ring, and I say, a lady was on stage one time. She gave me a ring. She says, "Could you make this stone bigger?" Mm-hmm. I said, "If I had the powers to make anything bigger, it wouldn't be a ring." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's a dick joke, yeah. and I can do that, <laughs> yeah. but it's clean. It's, it's clean. suggestive. Yeah. yeah, it's suggestive, and that'll open your the door for corporate events or people that you can be dirty, but without cussing. Yeah, you can be funny without cussing, and I, and that's the only thing I'm different. I mean, I I I still write dirty jokes for my whole career. I got to yeah. clean my jokes up because my mind thinks I'm always Richard Pryor was my hero when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. So I write dirty, and then I have to always clean it up. And I yeah. just because Jerry Clower was a hero of mine when I was a kid. He's a country, country comedian. He said he he all his jokes were jokes he could tell in the church. Mm-hmm. They weren't Christian jokes, but they were jokes he could tell in church. And the one time. I was doing dirty, that was a dirty comic, and I went to this Park Avenue Baptist Church in Titusville. They had a comedian there. Yeah, I know that place. Jeff Allen was there. And all I'm sitting there is I'm looking around, I'm counting the seats. Yeah. I'm like, there's 600 people in here. Yep. And he's no different than me. His jokes are no different than mine. He's just not cussing. Hmm. He's just telling stories about his family, his real-life situations. Then the next month, I saw a Christian magician named Brock Hill. Same thing. I'm counting the seats. Still, 600. It's sold out. I'm like, his magic is no different than mine. He's just not cussing. So I cleaned it up. Yeah. And it's 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 a whole nother level. <laughs> and... The, you were talking last night. I'm I'm way ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. don't know. You were talking, and I say last night. The it was last week for yeah, you, yeah. but last yeah. night for me because yeah. I was listening on the way home from my show, and um, you're talking about the the age demographic in these shows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how Judd's show mm-hmm. Judd's the most uh, that show that I'm not going to say. 
the location it's at. Space yeah. Coast Comedy. Comedy, yeah. Space mm-hmm. Coast Comedy yeah. at the Blind Line. Yeah. And the age demographic that's going there is an older crowd, yes. older than all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm 52, and the, yep. so they don't they don't mind cussing, but mm-hmm. if it's f this f that every time, yeah, you know, those are the type of crowds that I have because I do all the gated communities in Florida, and Florida, on the entire next to Arizona, has the most over 55 communities in the world. Yep behind Arizona uh, Florida has the biggest community in the world the villages mm-hmm. I'm the the Wayne Newton <laughs> <laughs> of the villages and it's just every time I do a show I says I got my business cards I says there's 3200 clubs in the villages when I say clubs meaning there's a hundred yoga clubs there's a hundred pickleball clubs there's a mm. hundred tennis clubs there's a hundred you know but they got every single club every single state has a club every single big city has a club they got the remote control boat club remote control plane club remote Mm. control helicopter club dude those remote control plane clubs man they love the jokes huh they love them i've never worked for them but i'm saying (laughs) that's what i go after I see. I'm not going. I I have my type of style. It's not my style, but it's my stage style of Mm -hmm. jokes that I tell Mm -hmm. that are edgy, no profanity. Um, And the thing is, is they love it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're and they'll you just show up, and you don't have to pay for advertising. Yeah. They pay yeah, amongst that. themselves. They, yeah. yeah, but they—I I would guess that they love it not just because it's funny and not because it's clean, but because it's a real connection. Like you're—I'm—I'm I'm guarantee. I've never seen you do comedy, but I guarantee that you're—you're you're making a, a real connection with at least yeah. one person in the audience, and and I'm sure that makes all the difference and, for the show. And sometimes when I tell them I'm a storyteller, yes. So when it's quiet in there. You would think if you're doing comedy, this sucks. But I have several parts of my show where I have the crowd just staring at me, and there's people got, you know, tears in their eyes. They're certain I get serious a couple yep. times, and then, bam, hit them with a, mm-hmm. a punchline. Yep. And they're not on their phones. That's the crowd I want. Yeah. If I never, I. If I never do it, I don't do birthday parties or kid shows or that stuff. If I never, I do have kids in my show at resorts. Like, there's a kid one time, he's heckling me. He says, oh, I did something, I messed up a trick. He says, you're not a real magician, you're a fake. I said, <laughs> that's what he said. Houdini was real, you're a fake. He Jesus. said, you're a fake. I that's said, not hey. your dad over there either, buddy. Hate <laughs> 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 to be the one to tell you. That's what he said. He said, you're a fake. I said, hey, at least when I was a kid, my mom and dad loved me enough to take me to see a real magician oh <laughs> <laughs> the crowd went crazy so every single show yeah. i tell that story yeah. about that i just take that situation yeah. and i tell that story and it gets a laugh yeah and it's but kids are mfers man yeah. <laughs> i mean it's i i had an experience it. Do performing in front of kids it was um the the girl with the purple hair right there right next to you she was yeah. putting on a show with this bike a uh, biker club i think yeah. and it was the it was like a weird name um warlocks the, no it, it wasn't it was it wasn't like that but they dressed like that for sure 
but it was like the Liberation Children's Army, and it was like a no joke. I know you're sounds, sounds creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And it sounds it sounds crazy at first, but they're just uh, I guess like they're a, a group of bikers that they just really like kids. It sounds <laughs> creepy. As yeah, shit. they're like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> just stick out your tongues. <laughs> We're gonna put them on the mufflers. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you wanted to be a youth pastor, Mark. What's just, that? What just, I'm trying. Uh, this is my former youth pastor Human. years. You know, I'm trying. <laughs> And this, um, and I was so nervous that kids were in the in the audience. It was outside. It was over oh, at. Sounds fun. Oh, and it was like worst conditions for comedy. <laughs> and the biker gang, it's really it's like a nonprofit where they're actually just tr- they're trying to build confidence in kids. Like it, it's like anti-bullying campaign is all what they do. And so when I was there, it was all like, it was a singer, an, a, an actual artist with like paint or whatever, and they're like doing like this. You know, like anti-bullying, anti-bullying. I get up on stage and I was like, "You guys have invited a comic to make fun of stuff." Yeah, that's what <laughs> bullies anti-bullying. do. <laughs> like, or is the joke on me? But I was the most nervous because there's kids in the crowd, mm. and there's moms of kids in the crowd, and I had a, again, I'm I would say I'm PG-13 when it comes to my comedy, but I was even still like, oh, I have this joke about um, JFK being killed. <laughs> 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 I know you cry a little bit. (laughs) The joke sounds great, but you got to work on that knowing the crowd. And so, and so, I what I realized, I was like, okay, I can't say CSI. I mean, the JFK was killed by the government. There's like five year olds running around, like teenagers and whatever, right? And so, I like, I'm like editing my words. (laughs) Murder jokes are okay, but accusing people. (laughs) (laughs) And so, mommy, what's the shadow government? (laughs) What's the deep state? I just I um I I realized something though really really important that like if you if you actually give an effort like if you give an effort like okay I got to cater my jokes now I got to curate I was actually thinking about a story you told me about you went to a camp and mm-hmm. there was a camp of kids with disabilities and, <sighs> and you just had to edit everything about you <laughs> to my, just to my perform. whole existence and so i was i was thinking about that and that gave me like kind of just the fuel for just all right just edit your set power through and just move on right it's, it's not the end of the world if, if you bomb it's not the end of the world but i've been working on this new bit about you know about food and politics and and it was like a 12 year old kid who like laughed so hard at the punchline of that bit mm-hmm. i was like I think there's something here. Like that was an honest. Like that kid was honestly listening. He was. He didn't have a phone. He was a 12 year old kid. He didn't have a phone in his hand. He was honestly listening, and he really laughed at a punchline I wrote. And I didn't. I, I didn't sway from this punchline because it, it was clean enough. And I was like, man, that's something. I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna keep this joke just because this one kid, like a 12 year old kid, actually laughed like a real honest laugh. And I was like, if that kid didn't ignore me or think I was lame, he was actually paying attention to me, man, I, I could probably get more people to pay attention to me when yeah. I'm on stage. Like, if, if this is working, then I, I need to keep doing this. And it was all sure. because of that kid. How long have you been doing com- I mean, had, did you, did, you seem like you're, you doubt yourself. I do. I do doubt Why myself. That? That's mm. probably my Christian upbringing. Um, that's not good. What kind I'm of just, cult were you involved in? I'm just being in? silly. I'm no. just being <laughs> silly. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's such a weird... I, I think it's because I just... I don't do it enough. Like, I, I'm not going up on stage enough. 
and I'll get these I'll get stage time that I feel mm-hmm. like I'm not deserved to get is what I'm, is, is maybe how I feel about it the most and I think that some people tell me like no man you you're doing good like just keep going and it was the f- so I did a year of comedy in Savannah one whole year and then my, to end it we did the show and it was the I got paid it was my first paid gig I was so happy I did 15 minutes and it was a, for a Christian audience. It was mm-hmm. a, and and there was other comics on there that I've been doing comedy with that aren't clean, but they just catered their jokes too. And one of the guys um, after the show, there's a, I think six comics in total. And one of the audience members who was a pastor, he came up to me and he goes, "You can do this for a living. You need to keep doing this because you can make a, a, a living off of it." And I I have to hear that guy's voice in my head every day to like keep going because. I think he was right, I, but at the same time, I'm not going up enough. I'm not hitting all the mics I can hit, and it's just I think that's where my well, lack of confidence comes from. I don't think the mics are your are your uh, the crowd that you need to be yep. doing comedy in front of. The open mics are not the so if you come up with a good joke that the, the, the crowd that you're looking for, none of those cats are going to be an open mic. Mm. You need to talk to churches or talk to youth camps if that's what you want and uh i don't know but because let's say for instance you do have a good joke then people at an open mic aren't going to give you any love you're not going to know i love having the headliners here because they know all this you that's that is (laughs) i do this for a living and i don't want to go nowhere near an open mic because i know that doesn't mean nothing if it doesn't hit you just gotta so, Tar, are you saying his best venture is to market in another lane? Look, look yes, get out, get outside of the definitely. traditional path. There with- is so many. Google, go on Google, Google Christian magicians, com- com- comedians, comedians. Yeah, and there's a couple. Like I was gonna uh, drop a few that I know. I've never so met. Who's your funniest comedian? I think, uh, as far as Christian comedians go, this guy named Dustin Nickerson. Yeah, he's not allowed to say that. Well, I know. No, no. <laughs> oh, what am I supposed to say? No, <laughs> he was, it was an oh. inward. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to tell people. I, that I've been I'm right not, over his head. <laughs> no, it's not because <laughs> you didn't say it. I'm just messing with you. You didn't. Even <laughs> I, I'm afraid to say the Spanish word for black. Right? Like I don't want. What is I don't. It? I'm familiar. I don't. I don't want to learn Spanish. <laughs> I saved a dude recently on a golf course. Because I'm bilingual, I was golfing, and this dude was laying sod over to the side of the green, and I pulled the ball and went over there, and I yelled "cuatro," and <laughs> <laughs> so my buddy says to me, he says that's pretty racist, <laughs> and he says, "What? What? Just because he's laying sod, you say he's Mexican?" And I got up there, and he was Mexican. So. <laughs> if you didn't say "cuatro," the ball would <laughs> yeah, slam him in his head. <laughs> well, you can't say "no way, Jose" anymore, right? Isn't that isn't I don't that the pay ca- attention to that stuff? What? Yeah, apparently saying no way Jose is like a little racially insensitive. What? I just found out that Eskimo this week is said Eskimo on my shows and it yeah. was Lady Sam's racist. That's yeah. out too? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, yeah. cool. I said I said I met this girl so I was dating I went out online I met this Eskimo girl <laughs> and she wanted to go clubbing. I said, That's cool, I ain't dancing a while. I said, I didn't know she was talking about seals. seals. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid stuff, you know. Yeah, the lady yeah, said yeah. that was racist. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 
Eskimo. What's the word? What's the because it's an Indian? It's, yeah. Is it Inuit? Is that the Inuit Native Americans? I that's, think they're not yes. into it, or they're into it. Are they, <laughs> <laughs> is that racist? Okay. I think. I, tell me that that's racist. Racist. I think, I just, I think <laughs> we just found What's the racist. Sorry, I'm, I'm over here. I want to meet someone but, that's met a legit Eskimo. Like, you know, <laughs> They're not Eskimo, whatever they're called now. Well, you you bring up a, a really good point because I was actually I was at work talking about this today with a coworker and about I went over we did we did this conference and there was a guy at the conference that had a um he was a stand up comic he was a headliner he has this bow tie and that's like his signature thing he did um America's Got Talent and I don't really know his name this mm. is the first time I saw him but I was like oh sweet I'm gonna take notes a, a, a comic doing a corporate event you know headlining this thing but he did it in a way that he didn't really do his comedy he like taught people how he was using this comedy to better his business or better mm. himself self-improvement stuff like that why don't you talk to like I said Google these Christian magicians comedians I'm sorry I said yeah, it's all good. Just, like Tim Hawkins yes he, he's, he's top a, five funniest yeah. dudes He's a legend, uh, actually. All kinds. Yeah, he's really funny. I'm talking funny. all kinds of... Have you ever heard of him? No. He's funny. <laughs> the really? dude is so funny. He has really great and premises. He, he's oh, everything. Yeah. And the dude... And he doesn't tell really Christian comedy anymore. Maybe... If, I guess if I went to his show, he may. Yeah. But he's he's packing out all these monster churches yeah. all over the country every single year with another hour and... He's real funny. So maybe you should talk to them. Google these guys. Talk to them and ask them which way, mm-hmm. or who to, how they got started. And I'll tell you locally. Um, there's a comic. Uh, his name's Curtis Bateman. He does clean. Com- they're not again. They're not Christian shows, but they're clean shows mm-hmm. in Orlando, mm-hmm. and he does them in churches, mm-hmm. and again packs them out. So I, I will introduce you to him so yeah, that you can do some of his shows because he's a, done. I did a church show, mm-hmm. and it was an all-black church show. That that's what that's what it'll be. <laughs> and it, I, right before the show, the guy who was doing it, um, who put the show on, he was a pastor on staff there, and he just started doing comedy in Brevard too. And so he's like, "Hey, oh, you're talking about um, music? What's his name? Uh, John Jonathan, or Preacher Music? Preacher or the Music? Real one. The, Preacher okay, yeah. yeah. Black comics always give themselves the wackiest <laughs> names. Preacher Music, the real one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> That's his and he, he's name. a good guy. He has a yeah. good heart, and he so, was. He, how did you do? I bombed. You think? I bombed. <laughs> <laughs> you think? No fun. It is, oh, <laughs> it, so I, I bombed. All right. So it first started out with like, um, we're in there and it's also like going to be a, a, a concert afterwards. So it's comedy and then a concert. And so I'm already, I'm just like, my nerves are going nuts. I'm in a church again. My I'm stomach hurts for you. Just <laughs> thinking <you>. about it. <laughs> um, and then the guy, um, Jonathan was like, his mom is like the lead pastor or the bishop of this church right she's in charge of it all and and he said he goes hey if 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 my mom doesn't like your stuff then she's standing up and then you're getting off stage and i'm like oh I that's got, such I an awful a CBD situation bit. i got a cbd it? bit i got a <laughs> i got a bit about dave Chappelle, <sighs> and i got and i just don't i don't know where i could go with this stuff and so i was leaning towards <laughs> I was leaning towards like the squeakiest of cleanest material I know I got, 
and one of them is this joke about uh, me saying this embarrassing thing about these two bands, um, Mumford and Sons and Kings of Leon, right? No one in the church knew what I was Either, saying. Yeah. They didn't know anything. <laughs> and so then I just, I was like, well, what do I got? I got my hair. I just started making jokes about my hair. And that was the only thing that worked was just joking about my hair. Oh, and I got off stage and I was like, yep, I'll, I just, I'll never come back. I promise I'm done. You don't need to see me anymore. And you said this? No, no, I didn't oh, say I that. Man. But <laughs> you know, John, the guy said, come back. I'm like, you really want me to come back? He goes, yeah, I mean, I feel like you didn't get a fair shot. I was like, okay, that's cool with me. So you're like, hey, Jesus died on the cross and came back. <laughs> Come on, man, give me another chance. <laughs> but I will say, I personally, all black rooms are very tough, but I like it just as a as an exercise. Well, it, it is a good exercise, yeah. and it, it, you got to learn to be loose, and that's what I learned that night. Mm-hmm. And any time, any time an audience member has given me any constructive criticism. It's always been an older black man, and it's always been the same criticism. Dude, you're funny. You're good. Just be loose. Just be yourself. Just be normal. Like be loose. And and, and I'm like, man, I I gotta, I have to listen to that. And then after that show, that's a I, I did that show right before I did that show. I did a show with Bear Webb, and then I did a show with I can't even remember, but a show right before that. And every all three shows, that that was the theme for me. Was like be loose on stage and if you can't be loose on stage then you're going to lose the audience that's it i was just talking with brian milligan about this today you know that classic uh rat in the maze you put him in the maze that's how i kind of view comedy if you put that rat in a maze and he's got five minutes to find his way around like he goes down this pathway it's not funny he's got to back up and I, i feel like it's harder to get loose in a short five minute window than it is when you have like a 10 15 because then you can go down the wrong path you're like okay that's not working and you can go down another joke pathway and i think that's where you it's easier to get loose but sometimes when you're constrained to these five seven minute sets it's really hard to get loose you know at least i found i don't know what your guys' perspective is I like on that the size the size of the crowd means something to me mm-hmm. if i got a 10 15 person room i don't know what's going to happen but if i get yeah. 200 people i know it's going to be good because if you only get 50 percent of them that's 100 100 people you know 100 people laughing and that's contagious I just I feel more comfortable with big crowds than with smaller crowds. Sometimes you get a small crowd and they may have a obnoxious laugh and they're embarrassed about it. Yeah. In a small crowd, mm-hmm. they're not gonna mm-hmm. open up. But in a big crowd, when everyone's laughing, they're they're more willing to laugh. Like during COVID, when I was doing these real small, like the the resorts that were open, everyone's wearing masks. You can't see if they're it's laughing or not. Super mm-hmm. awkward. It was the hardest. It's I, the size of the crowd, not the. I do. I used to be afraid of black crowds. Now I have material. I don't try it. I just be myself and I have fun. Yeah. And I look forward to it now. You know? I've felt exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've James Yon, one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite comedians in the world. He, he did the Unity Awards at the Tupperware Convention Center. There's over 1,000 people in this crowd. He said he got booed off of it. And it was the uh, Unity Awards. Yeah. And, he's black, <laughs> and he got booed <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> 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 
this is you know, you know. <laughs> so it's not you're not a part of this group it's it's Dang. it's comedy is tough sometimes and it, it you can have you could be riding a wave and killing every room and this for no rhyme or reason you come in a club and those people don't want your style yeah. Like Preacher, one time, uh, James John had me headline someplace. It was within a block of open bar. Mm-hmm. Open, not open or bar. Or other bar. Other bar. Yeah. Somewhere in that area. And the feature got sick, and Preacher wasn't doing that. Night. So he, Preacher and Justin is mm-hmm. Preacher's brother. brother. Yeah. They says, well, Justin can host. Preacher can be the headliner, or feature, and I'll be the headliner. So Preacher's the headliner. And they says, no, that's all right. He don't want to do much time. He just wants to help you out. And he, I never seen him bomb before, but they were both feeding off each other. I never seen mm-hmm. preacher do this before. He was acting stupid. He was just trying to make Justin laugh. Yeah. And Justin <laughs> was t- trying to make him laugh. And they were the crowd was all sixty five, and plus year old white people, and they weren't. <laughs> and, and preacher looks at me. He says, "Are you ready for this? Do you want?" This? I says, "Yeah, I know that I, this is my crowd." Yeah. But. And he's one of the funniest guys in the world, and he bombed that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it happens mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. You know, if you ain't bombed, you're a liar. Yes, you know? agreed. <laughs> There's a really great documentary with, and I just saw it for the first time the other night. I never, I couldn't believe I didn't even know it existed. It's with Jerry Seinfeld, back from 2002. It's called The Comedian. Yeah. And it follows with, uh, Jerry. Orny Adams. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, do you guys know about about that guy? Yeah, yeah. Is he real? Is that a real person? I've met him. You've yeah, met him? I've met him, yeah. Is he really like that in real life? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> when, when I, well, so that documentary is from a long yes. time ago. Yeah. When I met him, I did the um, Pensacola Indie Fringe Comedy Festival. Like, okay. They did like indie films, and then there was a bunch of stand-up shows. It was really, really cool. Um, and he, it, it was it was actually really crazy. Gilbert Gottfried... Donnell Rollins and Orny Adams were like the closers for this festival. <laughs> that is a crazy thing. Donnell's in the middle of yeah, Yes. So I got to meet Orny Adams and um, Donnell Rollins. But the funny thing was, is I had heard of Orny Adams before. And I, f- for the rest of my life, I will feel stupid for doing this. All I could remember is what an asshole he was in that documentary. Right. Yeah. So I didn't really talk to him. <laughs> I talked to Donnell Rollins as he was like I kind of spoke to and he was so from from a distance he was so much humbler and cooler and more chill now because I remember that documentary was decades ago at this point you know Mm -hmm. and I think maybe I don't know maybe he's just more chill now or you know see I don't follow comedians so I have I I know who Jerry Seinfeld is just because of the show I think he's most unfunny. <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a big I don't, fan I don't think he's funny. I don't think Robin Williams was funny. Well, what is the deal with Pop Tarts, though? That seems like a good question. <laughs> what is the deal? I don't, I don't know. I just never thought he was funny. <laughs> I liked the more edgy. I was just yeah. Richard Pryor. That's mm-hmm. the kind of. I was. Yeah. He was just. I didn't think he was funny. I loved comedians and cars drinking coffee. Yeah, that was awesome. Comedians, cars, for coffee and cars, whatever. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those was. Yeah, they, they should have just done that from the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody has different. Who's your favorite comedian? Uh, Patrice O'Neill, my all-time favorite. Great. Yeah, I do know. Yeah, yeah. Who's your favorite? 
Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, I mean, if he is, it's... Uh, no, so I actually, I couldn't tell you much, most of his jokes, but I, I like that documentary because of you uh-huh. see him bomb. It's a documentary of Jerry Seinfeld bombing. Every yeah. scene, him bombing yeah. a show. And it's like, dude, that gave me so much encouragement. So where does it, where could you get this at? It's on Netflix right now. What's yeah. it called? Oh, it is. The okay. Comedian. The Comedian. Yeah. yeah. But you are right about the um, Orny Adams guy. Like, at halfway through the documentary, I had to stop it. I'm like, surely this guy, if this is, at first I thought it was a setup. Like, I thought this was a fake documentary, and I thought it was being pulled over on by Jerry Seinfeld, and I was about to, like, just be done with it. So I looked up the most recent comedy clip I can find on this on this Adams guy, <laughs> and he's doing, he's doing a spot at Just for Laughs, the big Just for Laughs festival. And you can tell, like, okay, this guy grew. Like, he yeah. he matured, and he's not that person anymore. Super chill, nice guy and when I met me, him. It made me want to watch the rest of the documentary more. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this guy is actually a normal person. But then also I heard, because, I mean, the other thing was the documentary, they followed him around for days and days and days mm-hmm. with his camera. And clearly Orny at the time was a wild dude. Yeah. But I think they also edited out every moment where he might have said something that sounded normal. <laughs> or, or nice or, or humbling. Yeah. yeah. So it's by the time of, you watch it, Orny Adams. <laughs> How do you spell Orny? Oh. Oh, it is. Oh, wait, it is I think it's O-R-N-Y. Or like, or like Ornry or Ornry Adams. Yeah, Ornry Adams, yeah. Like, he was so kind ornery. of a bitch ass. And, 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 and like he was seeing like he had a, the world in his hands and he was just that wasn't good enough. Yeah. He was kind of, yeah, he seemed kind of. Uh, no idea. But idea. to answer your question, Theo Vaughn is like my favorite. I love Theo Vaughn. <laughs> like stand, stand up? <laughs> you like his stand up? I love it. He just. Well, I, I love he, his podcast. I love his podcast. He's hilarious, I, but I'm like, it's every single story 100% made up. It can't yeah. be yeah. <laughs> you know, and he doesn't. I was with this kid, and he's, he's like, he's just thinking of a story yeah. on the spot, and he's never looking at yeah. and he's it's, just making it. It's he's silly. It's, I like the silliness. I like the exaggeration. I like it because it's like, it, I like the way he describes things. I like how he, if, if he talks about a garden, he's going to talk yeah. about a garden, but it's going to be yeah. a wild garden the way he describes <laughs> it. And I want to know about that garden. These radishes <laughs> are doing their thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like gang, gang boy. Like, I love it. And then I like Nate Bargassi a lot too. And I don't know. I just, my, the first person that really got me into comedy was when I was in high school. His name's Pat. One of my best friends, Pat Smith. And he, torrented you know the old rip them off for free off of what's it called the limewire yeah something like that it was (laughs) limewire and he's gotten he got a hold of um mitch hepberg and jim gaffigan and those were the two comedians the two first comedians i ever listened to and i just i thought i thought they were gold i i I couldn't believe like this is what people could do with their voice and just talk and, and everyone's listening and laughing and then there's this guy named james gregory He's an older comic, and he, he's a redneck guy. Yeah, he's a redneck mm-hmm. guy, and I found you him. Getting cassettes at truck stops. Yes, and <laughs> he is—he's a great storyteller. If, yeah. if you want to learn, like, get a good lesson on telling stories and with great punchlines, James Gregory is the—he's just—he's a master at, it. and he's still doing it. Like, I, he's like in his nineties, and he'll—he'll—you'll pop up every once in a while doing a show somewhere. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Who's your favorite comic? Uh, my favorite comic is uh, Doug Stanhope, and then uh, Dave Chappelle, and I would say uh, Daniel Tosh. 
But uh, Stanhope, uh, the way he connects dots on like things, it blows my mind. And then for me, Dave Chappelle, I think it's fascinating how he has achieved a level of like George Carlin esque, where he transcends comedy now and is a social commentator. <laughs> and and you want to listen, like, mm-hmm. and I and I his perspectives, you agree Great or disagree with. It's like it, it's just fascinating. I, I I think that's I don't know. That's a level way above comedy now I'm jealous of his intellect how the words he uses I was like it makes it sound so much better (laughs) and it's his you look at old when he was skinny yes it's his complete different comic than he was 15 years ago yeah well, I'm 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 kind of like you. My my dad, like when I was growing up, my dad would rent a um, Gallagher DVD mm-hmm. oh, yeah. or I'm sorry VHS. <laughs> now, no, no, Just seriously, like smashing watermelons. Um, no, no, he, that was it. The end. But yeah, Gallagher yeah. was actually pretty funny. And then years later, he went off the deep end. I think yeah. and became a radical wingnut. But like that, that he would rent that and uh, Eddie Murphy Raw and uh, you know Richard Pryor's. So like th- that was my exposure. And then it, you know Carlin opened up door like got me you know i've always kind of been fascinated by current events and politics and i think that's where my love of carlin and then stanhope do you talk politics on stage i do but if i do a political joke i do i do have a lot of politic jokes but i always frame them left if i frame it left i'll punch line it right and if i punch line it right you know what i mean because i don't want to per se be viewed as oh he's a left leaner or he's a right leaner so i, I like in a with my political stuff, I like to highlight the hypocrisy of things and the juxtapose of, you know, what makes this funny. You know, I, I, I like, I don't get preachy. I don't think no. you, you see my political. You, stuff. you you give us left hooks, man. It's a fun yeah. when you do your political bits. It's like a it's a fun mm-hmm. left hook. You don't yeah. you don't see it coming. Yeah, I like to flip the script on you with the punchline or the setup and just like, oh man. <laughs> you know? yeah. Who's your favorite comic? Well, growing up. Like I said, Richard Pryor, I uh, got kicked out of the Boy Scouts because I had a cassette in my tent. <laughs> like 13 year, all the kids are in there laughing, and so my parents they said, you know, we can't have your son bringing this kind of vulgar filth oh, to the Boy Scouts. Yes. So we promise hey. he won't do it again. Hindsight, the the Boy Scouts were doing a lot of their own <laughs> <Yeah>. vulgar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. The very next. Trip. He was. He was. <laughs> the instructor was jealous that all the kids were in your tent. Yeah, exactly. I was good. Exactly. Like, we gonna... How am I supposed to compete with Pryor? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But when I was a kid, Benny Hill mm-hmm. didn't even talk. Just the facial expressions. I get a lot of my facial expressions. Johnny Carson. The, the, this, the look away like when something happens I my my set is a lot of facial expressions or when people say something um, I look really like Dave Chappelle Tim Hawkins uh, I'm, I'm so surprised you know that guy and oh he's the best he's, 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 he's in probably the top I yeah. say top five he's probably top three for me I, I constantly now. think about one of his bits about praying a hedge of protection over you and he's like what a weak prayer. <laughs> like, what about a wall, like a concrete wall of, <laughs> of hedges? I've, I've never heard him. I yeah. see, I've never heard of him as Christian material. And I then, just see videos that he has. He's, he's, re- he's a musician. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's, he plays music. Real he, good singer. 
Mm-hmm. But he's hilarious. He has that Chick Fil A song. Yeah, that's good. James Young, though, <laughs> out of all the comics in Florida, he's my favorite. Yeah, I love sitting and watching the crowd, and we've done so many shows together. <laughs> it's closing bit. I just, just it's the, just so it's gross. The, it's, it's, it's <laughs> it's people ain't expecting it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love sitting in the back of the room because I know it's coming. And they don't, and I just get to yeah. sit back and watch yeah. the the laughter and the horror at the same time. <laughs> it's the greatest. Bit. Good stuff. I I kind of want to know more about you though. So like, what was it that like when you were going, you were grinding, you're hitting the open mics, you're getting feature mm-hmm. spots, you're uh, you're doing twenty minutes. Like how how far did it take you to get from twenty minutes to headlining? Well, I did it myself I, there was no blueprint or something i just i had that comedy magic show on once a month on friday nights and i said well i want to do a family show before that so i had a seven o'clock show and a nine o'clock show so i did that whole seven o'clock show by myself and i had already been featuring for a while and then Duncan would have me close some shows. I got my confidence up. Like we had some shows at the Improv, and uh, we'd had some stuff at Gregory's. And I was always the local guy that he would have close the show. So I just just got more and more confident. Um, I don't do political. I don't do any political stuff. It's say I'm not. I avoid it because I don't watch. I don't. I'm not knowledgeable enough to tell jokes because I'm. I don't. Yeah, I'm I. I wanna. I'm fishing, golfing, comedy. If I'm watching, I watch <laughs> documentaries on Netflix. I'm not mm. watching CNN, CNN or Fox. Yeah, I'm I not watching any of that stuff. Anymore. I mean, I do. Sometimes I'm at people's houses. I do know what's going on, but I'm not. I like. I'm more of a selfish person. I like get paid more than I like to get my point across because there's a guy named Jim Neal mm-hmm. you ever heard him mm-hmm. he's a local guy and he was he was right wing and he was a great singer great comedian but he said he said some political jokes and every and <laughs> I saw what happened to him all the local <laughs> comics eating him alive I was like good thing I didn't say amen to everything <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Republican, but I don't talk about. It. I don't. I love. I. I have no problem. I can. You're a uh, free anybody, anybody that's too far either side. Oh, yeah. I weird. don't want nothing to do with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you if you you if you if uh, you got to tell me every single time we talk about anything about what's going on in politics, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my politic jokes are loosely loose. They're not like deep politics stuff. No, I'm just saying that. But sometimes, though, if you want to get keep going, unless you're, what's the first the guy who George Carlin, George Carlin, mm-hmm. he he could get away with it. I don't know yeah. if you can these days. I think I'm even less like let's one of the bits I do about. DeSantis. I'm like, oh, I'm going to run for governor. Mm-hmm. The setup. I'm, I'm going to run yeah. for governor. Like DeSantis, he's doing a horrible job. He he refused to enforce vaccine mandates. He refused yeah. to require people to uh, wear masks during the pandemic. 
that asshole, he literally caused over 300,000 new people to move to Florida this year. <laughs> so, CCOC's okay. yeah, setup yeah, was this yeah, way, yeah. and it yeah. you know. Yeah. So I, I just like to make them fun where you people yeah. rope this way. But I have felt where I'm like, that ali- that joke just alienated those on the left and on the right. Yeah. You know? But I don't, to just, me, that's where it's fun, you know. It is fun, but I like to pay my bills. And if I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm saying my... <laughs> It's yeah. just, it's hard to, 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 if you want to go further. I do, yeah. for sure. I, I'm a fireman professionally, and, you know, I, I'm kind of in a unique position where I have the ability to do this as well as not, um, per se, cater to having to get paid. Mm-hmm. So, like, but I, it's, it's a weird, um, it's a weird juxtapose of, uh, like, do I, shy away from that or that that's organically what i what i think is kind of funny like i said I like but that's your up. style and you, it you is, enjoy do you have just, fun doing it i do that's just a section like i do religious jokes i do fireman jokes i do loosely woven political jokes uh, like those um you know i do topical stuff he's like i don't do anything problematic just politics and religion <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know I, then i feel like i'm gonna go tonight and i'm like oh man i can't have a yeah, they usually do well like, yeah I, no I, you yeah, do great do well. no go no, I mean if you enjoy it, and if you're if you have this is the deal. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. If you're yeah. funny, yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're making yep. them laugh with these jokes, mm-hmm. do it. Yep. You yep. know, I know I have. <laughs> I mean, my my political jokes. I can't. <laughs> it's so <laughs> off color. It's. I used to have a joke. I would say at open mics. I I I, ne- I don't think I've ever said it at a paid gig. Where it says I avoid political humor at all costs. I said, but sometimes people back me into a corner, and I got no, <laughs> nowhere to go. And I, so someone asked me what my view was, where my stance was on the abortion issue, and I said, I really don't know where I stand. I said, unless I get some girl pregnant, then I stand on her belly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> I can't. Oh, <laughs> it's just wrong, but I can't. See, but that's, that's- that's the way to go with that joke. I, I, you went the right way. I can't get paid gigs. I mean, yeah. I can't get the type of clientele I want yeah. with yeah. that type yeah. of humor because they're not yeah. going to hire me. Yeah, yeah I see yeah. what you're saying. You know, so I... Well, let, I, me, well, let me ask you this because one of the things that I... One of the things that I love about having like working headliners on uh-huh. the podcast is... The, the majority of the people who listen to this podcast are actual open micers. They're uh-huh. local comics in the state of Florida that are kind of coming up. So one of the things that I always like to ask, because it's, I think a lot of people don't know this, is are you full-time comic? That's how you make your living. I quit my job at NASA June 1st of 2018. Wow. To do this full-time. To do this full-time. That is, congratulations, number that's one. That's amazing. Because yeah. that's, that's the dream. You that know what is, I mean? That's, yeah. that's where we're all. I was dreaming all... that while I was at work today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I, uh, last year, I, I, I wrote down every penny I made since 2009. Oh, wow. At Calendars, every year. When every mm-hmm. single show, I've, yeah. if I did a, oh, if I did a guest spot and I, if we split tips and I made $18, I wrote mm-hmm. that down there. Even up to the big shows, I, every single day I can go back five years, six years, seven years, eight years ago from this. Like I have one resort, I've been there for nine years every Wednesday, and I know which weeks are going to be a big crowd. Every we- Wednesday for nine years. Yeah, wow. June will be nine years. Yeah, cool. and so they got me a show, their sister resort in Hilton Head. So I do a show every Wednesday in Norman Beach, 
And Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I'm in Hilton Head, South Carolina, doing resort shows. And they put me up in a resort, and I three different locations. And then every Thursday, I just paid uh, Real Laughs to be a sponsored Real Laughs yeah, to so promote that, my Thursday yeah. show. I do a show every Thursday. I've been there five years. Every Thursday at the Shores Resort and Spa. Wow, that's awesome. So I do a comedy magic show. So it's not a whole hour of me doing comedy. Mm-hmm. I may have. 15 minutes total of jokes but there's crowd work there's people coming up on stage there's jokes magic I make if it's serious I make it funny and I'm not the kind of comedian I'm not insulting people sometimes I have no choice it's just stupid stuff comes and I say (laughs) and I but I don't I'm not trying to insult the crowd I want them to take my business cards back to their communities that's how I get yeah that's how I got I got an agent that gets me the bigger shows that I got from a resort show. There's this guy in the crowd, and he says, "Are you? Uh, do you have anybody representing you?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't have a lawyer or anything." Like that. <laughs> 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 I guess I'll take you're, my papers now. Are, are you have an agent? I said, "No, I did not. I book everything myself." So he told me. He says, "I want you to." Uh, gave me this lady's name. He says, "I'm going to tell her about you. I'm going to. I've been with her for 22 years, and uh, he gives me her name. I call her, and there's a. It's called a showcase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There'd be like 40 different types of entertainers go into the villages, and there's yeah. 500 people, 500 activity directors from 500 different clubs or golf courses that are in this crowd, or communities in within a." hundred mile area this and um we all do like 12 minutes it's a two-day event and uh for four months i'm nervous about this and finally get my i'm I'm walking there everybody's got these there's there's bentley's out in the parking lot all these nice cars these people (laughs) doing really good some of these people and they're they're just like some of these guys got five thousand bucks a show for an hour so I'm nervous so my turn I'm the second or third to the last on Saturday the last day I'm going she introduces me and she puts her hand over the mic and she says don't feel bad if nobody's paying attention to you Um, the paramedics are coming in there's a person over here that fell and they need to bring them they're giving them CPR Oh, Jesus. So someone's giving this person CPR. The paramedics are coming in. Everybody in the crowd is looking at this. So I'm up there doing mine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody yeah. looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. So I went from me praying, this is real. I went from praying, hey, I hope I get some shows out of this, to I hope this guy makes it. Yeah. 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 So everything changed. So yeah. I didn't get nothing. No. So she felt bad. She says, hey, there's a showcase in two weeks down in Haines City. And I booked like 17 shows from it. Wow. 17 communities wow. asked for my information. Mm-hmm. And then they give her a contract. She sends me a contract. And then I do the show. So, but yeah, I've been with her maybe five years. Hmm. And wow. so now I work five days a week. And Tuesdays and Fridays, I either take off or I do the over 55 communities. And that's the stuff, stuff I focus on is the, the older crowds because mm-hmm. they just get in their golf cart. Yeah. And you can charge a 
you can charge an amount and uh, they say yes or they say no so we could do a door deal and it's good stuff awesome. and I figured out I'm not gonna say how much money I make but I'm gonna tell you uh, when I knew I wasn't charging enough was in 2018 there was a my brother got a I me mean, a corporation a corporate job at a Christmas party for a company out of um, Hawaii named Dawson and it was the Christmas party was going to be in San Antonio and I says what should I charge he said 2500 bucks for me that that's a that's a that's an amazing yeah. amount of money for an yeah. hour so I said 2500 bucks and they said okay and within three months, two or three months later, they send me an email and they says, we'd like to apologize. We're going in a different direction. Uh, we feel bad that we held up that date for you for so long. We're going to send you 2500 bucks. Good for so them. They That's sent good. me a check. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason they sent it to me, they says, anybody that would do a show for 2500 bucks can't be any good. Mm. Oh really? Shit. They thought you underbid yourself. I did. Wait, oh they said gosh. that to you? That they, my, t my brother found out. Didn't oh. say it to me. Oh. They just said we're going in a different direction. Because the that fact that you're twenty five hundred, you must not be good. Can't be any good. Oh wow! Good. So I knew that day. So now, if you ever book in shows, let them. Like, if you have a price, let's say for instance, your price is five hundred bucks, whatever, two hundred, three hundred, whatever it is, let them say through the talking first. Mm. Mm -hmm. don't because there is no worse feeling when you're on the phone and you give your price and say, oh my god that is fantastic yes yeah, like, oh, you like an asshole yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that is the worst feeling yeah, even though it's a good feeling you're getting the gig you're getting yeah. the money you wanted but you're leaving you don't know how much money you left on the table yeah so always so Duncan Jay, I took him to Hilton Head, and he says, "I'm not the I'm not the funniest person. I'm the uh, he says I'm the best in business, the show business. Mm -hmm. There's a show and there's business, mm -hmm. and you got to be good at all of it. Mm -hmm. And I've I've failed so, so I, I could write a book on all this, this the shows that I failed, things that I've done wrong, and I still, you know." There's bad things that happen, but everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. There's shows that if I still would have had, I would have never been able to quit my job at the Space Center. If I was still doing the Bowling Alley show in Titusville. If I still had the Gold Lions show in Titusville. Mm -hmm. um, just don't stay humble. Don't um, let people... like a, the. When you, I'm talking about you wanting to go to open mics and do your stuff. That isn't the crowd that's going to be listening to your... When I say that, I'm not saying that your stuff isn't good for open mics. I, I, I know what you mean, though. I really do. You want to yeah. go around the crowds that you're going to be yeah. well, doing your you, shows for. You keep talking about this 55 and up community. I did Judge Show, and mm -hmm. I did Muggsy's. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Recently, I did Muggsy's. And it that was the crowd. I felt so comfortable i loved it and i connected with them and i even got a little upset with another comic he was like he was kind of making fun of me you know i bring up the pastor stuff or you know and he's like oh so you know you you can talk about being a pastor or being a christian and 
and that's how you know you can connect with them and you know but that's because they're old like he was like making fun of the crowd and me at the same time and yeah. i'm like no i for me it's let it, him yeah let it, that guy make fun <laughs> of you that's that's where the money's at though it, and but it, to me it's also i want to connect to any crowd i'm with like if i'm whoever's in front of me i want to speak and and do funny jokes for that audience and and find out if i'm connecting with that audience and so I, okay that's the money I'm, I'm talking about that's the money if you want to stay local like me yeah. i'm i'm late i don't want to travel i oh, don't want to there's a certain amount of money i made a goal I'm there. If you want to be world famous, you need to be good at every single yeah. type. You talk yeah. about that. You want to be good at every. You have hopes. I've, I've listened to you. Yeah. You want to be famous. <laughs> yeah. I, I got kids. I'm. I wanna. I like being under the radar. Can we talk later after this? <laughs> you can, I'll give you my phone number. I have to get out of here within. I'm meeting my daughter for mm-hmm. um, on Babcock for dinner. Her and her high school friends she lives in how much time you got i just want to make sure you're i gotta leave in 10 minutes Uh, okay how long Uh, 10 minutes then 10 minutes yeah that's fine yeah Yeah. so yeah Yeah. i would love to i want to see i would love to you know yeah and we'd love to have you back well again ask more questions you bring up something really interesting and it's something eric is really you've been so um helpful and just encouraging to me so i have a i have a daughter she's five Uh and and I just I, I gotta be around. I have to. Uh-huh. It, it, it doesn't make sense for me not to be around. And and I love comedy. I love going to the mics. I love hanging out late. I, I love it. And but I love my daughter too. And yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that one time you I showed up to um, Beachside. Mm-hmm. Showed up. I was the last one there. Last one on the list. And I I was like, well, I can't I can't stay. I, I actually got to go. And I was telling you that. And then you walked away. And then you came back. And you're like. All right, you're going up next. And I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm going up next? <laughs> Family you, matters, man. And you didn't go that night. And I remember, yeah. I remember you you took your spot away just so I can get up. And you text me later, you're like, dude, family matters. I love that you want to be there with your kid. Just, just enjoy this moment. And like, that's that's my biggest struggle is trying to find that balance. How do I? Because I, I even feel guilty sometimes bringing up, like, strategizing to my wife about what if I did this and what if I did that and tried this. Because it's like I'm talking about me being away from everybody. You could bring them with you, though. Yeah. That's what one of my friends said. He goes, dude, you're a small business. Make it a small business expense. They're part of the small business expense. Bring them with you. That I remember my first when I had the show at the Bull and Alley for eight years. And the, the night, I was just on stage. And... I had just, you know, you see on America's Got Talent, when the people, they they come back to their town, and the whole town's like, oh, yeah. you're the best, we're behind you all the time. That's BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's BS. The alley. Nobody gives a shit until you <laughs> make it. it. That's, yeah, 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 that's BS. <laughs> yes. So I had won, um, 2018, I won the Florida Magician of the Year. So that was the highlight of my magic career. So the next Friday, I had my show at the Bowl now, and I'm like, man, this is going to be like America's Got Talent. They're going <laughs> to go in gonna there. Like- They're going to be, oh, man. We, I think we had 18 there. folks. <laughs> there, none of them knew who I was. They were just there for the show. <laughs> and, it, and I was like, you know what, though? And I, it really wasn't because nobody was there. It's just like my kids, my, I was, my kids lived in Palm Bay. I lived in Tysdale. I only got my kids on the weekend. I'm like, 
I'm supposed to be home. I should be. This is my kids just got dropped off at my house and I'm on stage. And they're mm-hmm. there with, you know, with a babysitter. I said, that's it. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. So I said, I, I just said, you know what? This is my last show here. I made up my mind right there in the middle of the comedy show. The, the headliner came off stage and I said, I appreciate you guys for eight years. This is it, man. Mm-hmm. And it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my show. It was, I, I got a picture of when I got home laying in bed with my daughter and she had no teeth in the front and she's smiling. I'm looking at her and I think about that, that feeling I felt every time I see that picture because comedy ain't everything. You know, mm-hmm. your family, you know, because really when you get off the stage, those those people, yeah, you they love, they laughed at you, but they... They won't you, put up with you they, after they, the Their daughter, you know, your, your kids... You only got yeah. one chance to have it, those man. kids. They're they're gonna, re, you know, and if especially if you ain't making no money, and we're, uh, yeah. if we're not making money, why am I doing it? You know, that's what I was about to say. Because one thing that I I noticed, like with my wife, because I, it's very hard to keep that balance of being home enough and being out enough to where you're making progress as a comic. Um, but where I did notice things started to change a little bit was once I started making bill paying money through comedy <laughs> then it became a little bit more of like all right i mean i get you know you're not you out, you're true, not some loser that's going to open mics all the time yeah. you're yeah. and i think once you once you lock in on your like christian comedy vision and figure out all right this is what i'm because also i think if you present something that's this is a clear vision and i'm working on it and i'm making progress then how 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 your wife feels about it and how you feel about it yeah. will change completely because now it's something you're doing for your family, yeah. not something you're doing that's taking away. Yeah. You know, well, I, I got like I got into this I think back in July, and you were, you were kind of a tribal elder, if you will. You were ahead of me. You're one of the first guys I started seeing all the time, and you've always been one of my favorite. Like I said, because because you're clean, because you draw and you paint great pictures, using a clean. Bit and, and you're talented and you got good stage presence and your bits make sound like you've always been one of my favorites. So wait a second, what do you draw? You draw on stage? No, I mean like draw, draw, draw good pictures and talking about me. He's a linguistic painter. Send him to the villages now if he's drawing yeah. and yeah, doing comedy. Love <laughs> I appreciate that, Eric. Thank yeah. you, man. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think you're better than I agree with him. Like when I, that's why that night when you came up to open mic and you were like, "Oh, I want to get home to the family." It's like, dude, get up there, get your mic time, man, and go back to the family. Don't hang out with these degenerates. <laughs> you know, like, like, dude, you're better than this. You're, yeah. you're hilarious. So, get your time in and go yeah. home and hug your kids, man. I remember funny. Mike from Open Mics, the owner. He had a band called the Hot Dog. Mm-hmm. What was it? Hot dog? What? I don't remember. I know hot dog was in it because he used to have a hot dog suit. Yeah. Hot dog suit. So, yeah. anyways, I did his like he. I was the guy he hired to do like his New Year's Eve parties, or his his kids had birthday parties. So he had me do stuff for. I would be open mics on Saturday at ten a.m. So I brought my kids one time, and I did the show. And then the hot dog band. I opened up for them, and, they came <laughs> up, and my kids were like. Five and six years old said, "Dad, we didn't know. We didn't know you knew a band. <laughs> <laughs> These dudes were wearing hot dog outfits. <laughs> 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 
and they thought they had no respect for me, but I knew a band. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. Now we respect him. Now. We'll listen to him now. We'll put our toys away. Yeah. Now. <laughs> but we had a, I had a, a comedy show one night at my house, and it was it was we had a, a room. It was a tri-level house. There was like a what's it the basement sunken oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunken. yeah. it's really not a basement but the bo- the front yard was higher than the back split level or something yeah, like split that level, yeah. you know mm-hmm. and we had it all set up mike with lights and crowd the neighborhood came had a big <laughs> seafood boil a crawfish boil and all these comics are in my house and <laughs> it was amazing it was so fun and that uh just a lot of those old guys, man. I miss, I miss, I do miss hanging out with the the old comics. Like, do you know? I mean, you probably Jay Alvarez. Yep. Yeah. Yep. See, I know he, Jay. he's doing some stuff. Craig Chamberlain. Yep. I love. He's the nicest dude on the planet. <laughs> One time, Craig he lays cement. He does cement, mm-hmm. and it's him and like four black guys. Craig Chamberlain's a white guy. So yeah. this truck pulls up. Oh beat up truck with dust all over it and these four black guys get up said hey I hear you uh, messing with my wife one of them I said what <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> Craig's in the back seat dying <laughs> <laughs> and he told them they, they saw me at a red light and they just followed me to my house and these dudes are all bigger than me I'm like oh my gosh tell my kids yeah go in the house thank <laughs> 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 good <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. It was. It's funny now. It wasn't funny then, though. It was scary. That's hilarious. Yeah, it wasn't then, though. It was. So, because I know you got to go. One thing I always want, because I, I, I would like to hear you reiterate again as a uh, full-time, pay your bills, Uh working comic, um, because I've had. Um, do you know the disgruntled clown? Um, I can't remember his. I think his yeah. name's John. And um, I remember when I was at open mics one night, and <laughs> he goes, his his advice to me was, and it's genius when you think about it. He's like, these comics, like these open mic comics, you can be their their friend, but don't be their buddy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you can't hang out here all the time, and be sucked into the open mic thing and this is true what i notice and again that's sort of a part of why i wanted to do this podcast but you have to be ref- you have to be buddies with them because you guys you're going to be on the road together yeah. you're gonna <laughs> piggyback you're gonna be headlining feature and take turns back and forth you got to be buddies with someone i mean with, 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 to me well my thing is and this is where i i'm trying to create kind of like a a, a, a tighter group mm-hmm. is the ones that are going somewhere because there's so many that you can just see it's like oh this is going nowhere yeah. you know that's why i came up to you after that show that i saw i saw i never seen you before mm-hmm. and i knew i i like i like good writing mm-hmm. i love your whole stage presence was good uh the headliner was good but he was from Tampa. I don't know his name. Yeah. I didn't, he didn't seem like he was really interested in talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the same with Jimmy. I was at some place in Cocoa Beach. Me and my daughter went to it. And, and I could just tell. He was different than all the other comics. Mm-hmm. 
and his facial expressions, you know, and I like that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's a hard it's it's hard and it's hard and it doesn't and just because if you've done it or you've achieved your goals doesn't mean it gets easier because yeah. it's if you want to keep going further you want to keep a, a you know it's it's a definitely a difficult but don't if that's what you want and you know you got it don't give up you mm. know i got a you know i i, I got a lot more you know, have me back. No, we'll and definitely I have tell you back you, for I sure. I mean, I got a, I don't have a 10th grade education. Yeah. And I was able to get a job at Kennedy Space Center. And with a GED, as I'm good at woodworking. So I got the job there building crates for United Space Alliance when I first started in 2005. So I built crates and packing crates, big crates. And then I went to... Uh, Got laid off 2012 and went to logistics running, working at warehouses, you know. And I never gave forth 100%. And I never, I felt bad for the, my coworkers because they were all busting their butt and I'm all writing jokes and <laughs> always daydreaming. And, and my, my, my boss told me, she says, you're the, the best Funniest person I've ever had work for me, the best magician I've ever seen. She says, you're the worst employee I've ever had. <laughs> because nobody would work when I was around. We were all, they were all coming to my cubicle to listen to jokes and see tricks. And oh, so man. she put me in warehouses five right miles away end. from <laughs> everybody <laughs> else. So I had to work by myself, and I'm a people person, and it sucked. Yeah. I was still writing them jokes. I just had nobody at work to yeah. tell. And then I'd work 40 hours, and then I'd drive to the villages for a show, and I'd go to open mics and go to the bowling alley, and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, it's it just works for me. Yeah. I'm good. That's awesome. It is awesome. That's really cool. That's a cool story. I want to know more about it's, that story, it's, man. It's a lot. uh I got a lot, a big chip on my shoulder because of some comedians or some magicians, how they treated me when I started mm -hmm. and getting in a rocket ship and going way past them. That, that fuels my, that, that them treat me like crap Yeah, is what made me want to keep pushing forward. And it feels so good. And by the way, you need to make more than 175,000 have a Bentley. <laughs> 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 so I was listening to that last night. That's yeah. my dream car. Yeah. That's my, I always wanted. Like yeah. They were talking about, I forget what the, 175,000. Yeah, yeah, where the, um, was, <laughs> was somebody. Was the threshold of like, the, I guess they did some study. It says, where's the most amount of money where like the, the happiness curve ends and you don't get any happier the more money you make. Yeah. And um, Rafiq was saying it's 175,000 is what the study said. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that just doesn't, this is not enough. <laughs> I think it's technically 74,000. I really? read that article. Yeah, really? they, they have that cited as the breakover point. Well, wow. so I was fascinated yet. by it. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, man, if you live in L.A., <laughs> you're broke with yeah. 75,000. Yeah. 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 Adjusted for inflation and yeah. location. So, well, I oh, yeah. would love, I have yeah. to be in front of Melbourne High yeah. School in five minutes. That's Thank awesome. you so much so, for yeah, coming. I would love to come back. Awesome. I want to see Absolutely. you guys. Um, my name's Todd Bogue. 
Yeah. So Eric, like, I would like to become talking. friends with you guys on Facebook. Yeah. Yes, sir. And uh, I want to see and you guys perform. Actually, um, I, I, I don't, can't believe I don't think to do this normally. Well, because you're local. Um, the Moon Room at Pineapples. You know Pineapples in Galley Arch District? Mm-hmm. Um, every Tuesday night, which tonight, actually. So one of these Tuesdays, I'll keep reminding you. But definitely come out and you'll you'll see all the good locals. So yeah, Tuesdays and Fridays are my days off. Yeah. So. Okay. But I still I would go to support. I mean I yeah. I mean get up there and have fun. I I don't. I love. I mean I have no problem with, you know. Like yeah. I said, my my age, my jokes are for people twice your ages. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I, it's fun. Yeah. I love it. Um, keep doing it, but uh, don't give up. Unless something better comes along, this this may you know. There's a lot of things that happen in life where you think, you know, a month from now I may be something completely different because mm. I never, I only want to be a professional bass fisherman. Like I was telling you earlier, mm. I never want to do a magician. I mm. never wanted to be a comedian, um, but it just happened. No, that's awesome. So, well, thank you for fun. coming, man. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, Thank, Thank you, very, you. very much. I got to get out of here. You yeah. guys keep kicking butt. Yeah, yeah enjoy I that. Enjoy it. your evening with your family. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Keep it up, brother. Thank you, man. Let me see. That was awesome. It really was, was awesome. man. It really was. <laughs> I feel like I could keep going, but I've, I got nothing to say after Todd. I can tell you that. Like, he said it all for me. Yeah. One of the fascinating things I find with life is that so many things seem to happen for a reason. And there's part of me, I'm like, man, that was a good conversation for you to hear. I, and, yeah. You know? I needed that. Yeah. I really needed, to, I really needed to hear that. Like, it was... I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I, I was like, you know, I've been praying and I've been trying to... I've I just been praying for, like, clarity about all, about most of this stuff. And, and I haven't even been praying that much for, for like... I, don't, I know... I talk about the pastor stuff and and um, yeah, you definitely need those to drive. <laughs> Todd was about to drive blind. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not. I, I am not. I, I was saying this to another friend. Like when it comes to like I guess the spiritual disciplines of of my faith or being a disciple of Christ. I'm not. I'm not the best at it. I, I've dropped a lot of it. In fact, and there's moments where I'll, I'll catch myself praying. And that was one of the things I was praying for, and and there it was. Yes. <laughs> See, you, you know, it's funny. You beat yourself up about not, you know, being a good – how, how did you just word that? Like a good example or with your friends? Right, yeah. I fully disagree because you're – you're always so positive and such a nice guy, and you're not preachy. I feel like, if this is the proper wording for that, I feel like you apostatize just through example. You lead by example, which is so much more than people do who lead through word. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I think your example draws people to, like, hey, what's your story? And then when they hear your story, like, oh, man, you know? And to me, I think you lead from the front. You're not someone that leads through words, man. Yeah. Thank you, I man. swear. I appreciate that. I'm it sounds goofy because we always laugh. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you are the Jesus of our comedy scene. Dude, like, I, I know. In I, terms I of like, I put my hat on just so you guys <laughs> wouldn't say that when I walked in the room today. Yeah, man. No, because it's like, because comedians also are a lot of degenerates. Mm-hmm. 
And we have our comedy scene with our issues mm-hmm. and all of our collection of comics are we have our weirdos and our damaged people mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. And then in order to be a comic, you have to have something kind of wrong with you a little bit. Yeah, I, you I know? agree. Yeah. And then we come around and then Mark is here and Mark just heals all of us <laughs> with his good dude. Yeah. You know lay I mean? my hands upon you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really think I it's one of those things that I think you kind of have to stumble upon something for yourself. Mm-hmm. But what I see when I was trying to get Rudy, you and Rudy to do that podcast, there's still some talks, man. You're, yeah, yeah. you're that little spark is still sparking, man. Yeah. Because I, I think you don't realize how, because what you are is your, what I like about you over all of the, there's like, like my, the, He's not really my pastor because I never, like went to his church, but the, the our family friend that married us, he's my yeah. other like favorite Christian person in the world. Where like I believe his message. Yeah. It's not yeah. he's authentic. Yeah, he's authentic so much of it is self righteous bullshit, yes. being honest, right? Mm-hmm. That your vulnerability and honesty in the way that you approach it is so real that it makes it relatable to people that aren't even particularly religious. Hmm. Because you're just upfront and honest about it and i think what you don't realize is the christian space is it's a large space there's a ton of people out there that are also with money to spend that want to have something like unique yeah and i think a funny podcast yeah with a actual working christian stand-up comedian having the level of honest conversations that you have, you're very interesting to listen to. Thanks, man. I think that's, I think you can be rich and famous doing that. Honestly, I really do. Can we send this recording to my wife that I'm very (laughs) interesting to listen to? She does not see what I say, no way. But no, I mean, I, I, seriously, the reason why I was, I was, I was encouraging you and Rudy to do it is one time you guys were having that back and forth. And I was like, this is something. Yeah. This is something. Well, if it ever happens, you guys can come on the podcast. There's no cussing, Eric. Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Well, so Garrett, um, I don't know if you guys have met, have ever met Garrett. Garrett actually, I started comedy with him in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Garrett is also a, a pastor. He's now a lead pastor at a church, and that's been his dream to be a lead pastor. And and he's also a comedian. He's a good comedian. And I get we started the same month. He started a week before me. I went. I chickened out. He went instead. <laughs> and I watched him. I was like, okay, if Garrett can do it, then I could do it. Yeah. And then Garrett has always told me this. And he got me. He he actually got me back on stage from the pandemic. He yelled at me. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you not? Like, he invited me up to North Carolina to his church to do a show. And I said, no. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I haven't done comedy in a year, bro. In a year and a half, I, there's no way I, I could <laughs> He tell started him. cursing you out. Yeah. And, and he, like, <laughs> he's not cursing me out, yeah. but like giving me curses. He's like, if you don't do this, you'll never do this. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't know my life. <laughs> and like, we started like really arguing. And, and he told me this line that really, really kept like it was it's the thing that sold me. He goes, Mark, the thing about Christian audiences is they are forgiving that's the essence of what Christians are. They will forgive you if you mess up. They will forgive you if you bomb. They will forgive you if you don't do it your best. You just got to go do it. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And 
and there's a lot of reasons for that. I know I know what you mean about the self righteousness, but the group of Christians that are coming to a comedy show, they're not they're not yeah. that group. Like they're mm-hmm. they're free thinkers, they're they're honest people, they're authentic people, and they're forgiving people. But you think about the reason what I I mean that I mean if you're a young person because I think you know you were a youth pastor mm-hmm. and I think about I went to Evolution Church with mm-hmm. my wife and we had a little conversation yeah, about yeah, evolution. Yeah. But what makes evolution evolution? Wait, is it elevation? Evol- yeah. Elevation, elevation. I'm sorry, elevation. Yeah, you can. Oh, I mean, we're going ch- deep into evolution. <laughs> yeah, a church called evolution, man. <laughs> That's actually kind of the opposite of the whole thing. <laughs> we worship Darwin. <laughs> the elevation. Sorry, but it's it's design. It's it's designed to be welcoming mm-hmm. and and relatable to young people. And I mm-hmm. think you are the raw, more authentic version of that. Hmm. And I don't think that you see that in yourself. But I think to someone who, to someone who's curious, like you know, if, I mean, if you were, if, if you were just a teenager in Bavar County, mm-hmm. and you were curious about learning about Christianity, mm-hmm. you would walk into a local church, and it would be that weird suction thing <laughs> of like oh you're here now let us indoctrinate you into the thing and we're right and you're wrong and we're going to save you from yourself yeah that yeah. that sort of of whoa that makes a person want to immediately pull back yeah you're a pro- and that's why you can talk about christianity to comedians and they don't laugh at you <laughs> you know what i mean because yeah. no but most comics are yeah. the opposite of whatever jesus wanted us to be I would disagree. I would, the comics I, when I share my faith or when I share example or whatever I'm sharing, I, sometimes I don't even know. I'm just talking because I see it like just the culture I came from. I'm just talking about my culture. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing about comedians that I love is comedians are actually the closest thing that I that I have now to a church and they're which if you're a christian you're hearing this you're probably rolling over and rolling your eyes at me but but there's like a there's this element of like being a free thinker that comedians have and and there there is a real truth to in churches there's people that are free thinkers and i feel like comics are always free thinkers like they i've never met a comic who's closed-minded i've never met a comic who is judgmental towards someone's life. They're just judgmental and funny towards scenarios or yeah. situations. They're just free thinkers, right? And I don't know. I, I feel like I get to. I feel like I'm just sharing with someone like myself. Like I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about something mm-hmm. because I know you, or, or, or and, I, and I know you, and I know you guys are both going to say something really interesting about your life or interesting about a topic and. I, I don't know. I, I, that's the only thing I have interesting to say. Really, I don't really have much interesting <laughs> things yeah. to say, and and so I just I, I'm grateful to be around you guys, and I'm grateful that you guys have always been cool about it. And and man, I I, I actually brag about comedians to my coworkers for that very thing. Like, if you want to like be around a welcoming group, like hang out with comics, and they like don't believe me, but it's. I don't believe you either. <laughs> hey, I, no, I think maybe in, I'm naive. In, no, <laughs> it's, no. I honestly think in Brevard, we have a very welcoming group of comics. We do in Savannah, like abnormally a, so. Yep, yeah, it's very abnormal. Well, 
okay, I can't say it's abnormal because it's my experience. And then Savannah. Savannah is also very, at the time when I was there, super, super welcoming, super community-based. Like, man, I, I'll never forget the, the first time I got on stage. It was the week after Garrett did his time. I got off stage, and the best guy in Savannah came up to me, and I didn't know it. I, didn't, I thought he was just another local comic, and he was like, I like the way you write. You want to get coffee this week and we can write together? And I was like, you guys do that? Like, what do you, we can have a Bible study? <laughs> <laughs> Bible study? <laughs> and like, he goes, no, not a Bible study. We're, we're going to write. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll write with you, man. And, and, and I never really got to do it that much. But just the fact that like these guys, that didn't judge me for who I am. They didn't judge me for being a pastor. They just, hey, that guy wants to tell jokes. Let's get him in the community so he can keep telling jokes. And like that is just I, I love that. Like, it's such yeah. a good feeling to, oh, these people accept me just because of a funny joke I said. Like, that's all I need. That's mm-hmm. Then I'm good to go. That's cool. Yeah, I think, you, I think you're right. Like, within any group, whether it's a work group or a peer group, there's always going to be, like, jealousy and people jockeying for this, that, and the other. But aside from that, when you find your, a group of individuals in that group, comics are awesome. Yes. Like, when you end up finding a group of comic friends, and like, those are a fun group of friends. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. And they're not judgmental. And it's, yeah, it's, it's And like it's, the age difference that comics have on each other, like, it's just so cool. Like, you see someone in their 50s hanging out with someone in their like early 20s and they're getting along yeah. because of comedy. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it's beautiful. And it reminds me of the church and it reminds me of what the places and the types of people I used to always be around. And I mean, the, the person who got me into comedy really like, or rather who I studied when it, I was, I didn't know I was studying him. It was a pastor. This guy would tell jokes. He would open every sermon with jokes just to get the crowd warmed up. Like I'm serious. Yeah. And he would do it all the time. And then later down the road, I heard this other pastor, he's out in California, or whatever. He said something like, if you can make people laugh, you can make them listen. And there's been like in the church world, there's always been this, um, uh, battle or dilemma with pastors and preachers how they preach from stage and like there's always been like this uh, a prominent pastor and and it's been like this for centuries where a lot of pastors are like no you have to be serious you can't cut up you can't be silly you have it has to be serious you're talking about the word of god it, you, you people's souls are on the line and you know, I'm sure a lot of open micers right now are rolling their eyes. <laughs> 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 They're like, well, Mark, shut up. <laughs> but, like, but then the other side of that is, no, it, it, if you want if you want this group of people to, to be free thinkers, you got to get them laughing first. Like, they have to know how to laugh. They have to find joy. They have to, I mean, you're showing up Sunday morning all, all stuffed up and wearing, you know, your Sunday best and everyone's crowded in with you and, you're trying to be on your best behavior, and and now this guy on stage is cracking jokes. Man, it makes it that it just makes it a little bit easier now. Like it makes it easier to like, oh, okay, maybe I'll listen to what this guy has to say because yeah. he's he's being honest. Yeah. The other thing I want to do because you know we're thinking about different content things that we can all because well we haven't been here so we're strategizing about different ways that we can create content together as a group. Okay. Um, I'm I'm like the I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Uh, so that we can you know just create stuff that we can grow our careers off of. You yes. Know? You know what I really want to do? Mm. So now we have Eric, Todd, me, and um, 
Frankie Paul. Yeah. That like fish, like seriously yeah. <laughs> fish. Like they do it a lot. And I'm like, that would be a hilarious fishing show. That oh, would be fun. That would be a lot if if we could figure out. I have something I want to share with you. Actually, okay. <laughs> um, I gotta get going here. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. so I have. Oh, I'll share it off air. I'll share it off air then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so have anything to plug coming up? I do actually. Oh. Um, I got the boardroom show Wednesday the twenty sixth. I'm hosting it. You're on it. Yep. Yep. And Seetha's on it. I'm excited to meet Seetha for the first time. Um, Jimmy's on it. Anthony's on it. Brian's on it. I'm I'm excited for this. It's got to be a fun show. Um, that's April 26th at the boardroom. You can go to um, theboardroom.com or boardroomcb.com slash events to buy the tickets. And then I'm also, the next night, I'm at the Blind Lion with Judd Jones on hit, at the Blind Lion show, Space Coast Comedy. I'm excited about that show as well. Um, you can go to Space Coast Comedy and find the tickets there too. Awesome. I got Beachside Retro this Friday, uh, along with a great lineup of comics. Uh, Jimmy will be hosting that night, so it'll be a good time. Uh, tickets can be found at BeachsideRetro.com. Shows from 8 to 9.30. It's be a good time. Awesome. Heck and yeah. then I've got uh, Gregory's Comedy Club this weekend. I'm going to be there featuring Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Nice. Um, and then also, one thing I realized over this past week is that I always promote my album, but I always promote it that, oh, you can listen to it on Spotify. And I'm an idiot. It's on Pandora. It's on <laughs> Apple Music. It's on Spotify. It's on it's YouTube. On like, yeah, it's, 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 on it's everywhere. <laughs> it's in my bathroom yeah. wall. I read it. I just read his special yeah. while I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> no, but if you don't have, because I realize I always bring up Spotify because that's why I listen to it on. But yeah, it can, and I'm thinking like, oh, somebody who doesn't have Spotify is probably like, oh, I guess I'll never hear Chris's album. No, it's everywhere that you can listen to an album. It's all of it's on Title. It's all over the place. So please check that out. It's called the 6040 Rules. And thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Funny Style Podcast. Thank you.